Hello, bonjour, welcome to Stand Out From The Crowd, the podcast dedicated to helping leaders amplify their voice, impact and influence. Each week, I interview some of the brightest thought leaders and entrepreneurs of our time. We understand that being a leader has its own set of challenges. We want to be successful and impactful, fulfilled in our professional and personal life, and most importantly, stay authentic to who we are. As people, we have strengths, weaknesses, positive and bad experiences. Our stories, our different perspectives are what connect us as humans, and we talk all about it without filter. So join me and my guest on Stand Up From The Crowd podcast every Wednesday live on LinkedIn, or you can listen to the replay on Spotify, Apple, Google, and wherever you get your podcast. I can't wait to share these conversations with you. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome on Stand Out from the Crowd. If you're new here, my name is Doreen. I'm the host uh, of this podcast live stream on LinkedIn every Wednesday, 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time, where I get to interview some of the brightest leaders of our time. As usual, before we get started, let us know where you are tuning in from. We have a beautiful international community. I see many of you here are watching live. So welcome, tell us who you are, what you do, where you are from. And of course, as usual, if you have any questions, either you're watching the live or the replay, leave your questions and comments below, or at least in the comment section, because this is your uh, opportunity, you know, to stand up from the crowd, but also to get answers, advice, tips, you know, best practice, shortcuts from those who have walked the walk already. And without further ado, please help me welcome our standout guest, Stephen Clark. Hello, Stephen. How are you doing? Hello. Bonjour. I'm doing fine. How about you? I'm doing well, thank you. So I'm super happy to have you today as our standout guest. Uh, to tell you the truth, beautiful people, Stephen and I, we have known each other for quite a few years now, and he has been a mentor uh, of mine uh, as well. I keep telling you how much important, no matter how long you have been in the field, no matter how old you are, no matter what you think, having mentors who are like 10 years, 20 years and more ahead of you is really the key, you know, to take the right step and to fast track your success. It doesn't mean that you don't have work to do. <laughs> Obviously not, but at least you have uh, uh, people to guide you. So Stephen, today we will be talking about purpose leadership. That's a topic that is close to your heart. When I think about purpose leadership, I think I think of you, obviously, <laughs> because uh, you are among the few leaders. And actually, when I was doing my research, uh, I came uh, across a study saying that only 20% of leaders have found their personal purpose. Mm -hmm. And among them, very few know how to articulate it. And when I look at you, when I listen to you, 
you know your purpose, you stand, you know, tall and strong in front of everybody, you know, like you're strong about your value, you're strong about your purpose, and you take actions to make the impact that you want to make. And that's the beauty of it. So let's start with, you know, your, 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 your story. Was it obvious for, to you, like, okay, I know what I want to do with my life. This is my purpose. Or that's something that you discovered over time. Yeah, no, it, it certainly, it, it, it was discovered over time. I think that, uh, I think also sometimes your purpose changes depending on, mm -hmm. I mean, I was a professional athlete. And so, you know, I, I, I played, I played hockey for five years. I got hurt and, and it ended very abruptly, but that was my purpose in life. I, I mean, I felt hockey uh, in sports would be, you know, all encompassing forever. After I finished my career, I thought I would go on to, you know, to do other things. Um, but you know, that changed. And, uh, and I think that, that one of the good leaderships you've, you, I know you talk about leadership in this as well is, is knowing that, um, you know, things change and being able to, what I call course correct, um, you know, learning and deciding that this is the new avenue that you've got to go down. And so, yeah, for me, it's changed. And it's, it was only really in the last probably six, six years that I really found my true purpose. Um, and I'm living it now. Wow. So only six years. So I didn't know that about you. Yeah. So like, how did that happen? Like, did you wake up one day and say, hey, this is my aha moment. I know I have found my new purpose. And I'm glad that you said, you know, it's changing based mm -hmm. on, you know, life experience, life events as well. You know, sure. you, 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 you plan to, uh, to, to have a, a great career playing hockey and it didn't happen. Like for many uh, uh, um, professional uh, sport players, actually, you know, they dedicated their life to sport, and when life events happen, they're like, "But oh, what do I do with my life?" Or oh, even yeah. when they retire. Yeah. So, like, what was the transition like, and how did you finally find your new purpose then? So, for for me, the for the transition from sports was was a little bit difficult because it was taken abruptly from me. I had full intentions to continue on, but having got hurt and not being able to do that. Um, and I think the next one really was just the next go round that for me was obviously the, the marketing advertising industry, uh, which I got introduced to and just kind of fell in love with it. Uh, I resonated with it. It just felt it felt right. And I think for me, that's one of the things always um, it has to feel right to me. I have to I have to kind of know almost like that inside that intuition type of feeling where you know what you're doing is the right thing. And, uh, and, and I've, that's one of the things I've had since I was very young. Um, and even when I was growing up, cause I was a bit of a street kid, um, you know, my parents both worked two jobs. And so, um, but I also, I always knew kind of what was the right thing to do instinctively. Not that I always did it, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, two different things, <laughs> two different things exactly. So, uh, but yeah, so that, that was kind of my, my journey and then you know when it this new journey i'm on now it was it wasn't instant it was it was something i knew um having taken kind of an early retirement which i knew we knew instinctively again that that wasn't this isn't who we are and we have way more to offer to the world um but it did take a little bit of research we just the only thing i knew is is that 
my mentors over the years, uh, and, and I loved your comments about mentors because I've always had mentors mm -hmm. and I've always learned from them. Um, and one of the things they always asked me was what was, what would it, what would you want on your, or what do you want on your tombstone uh, when you pass away? And I never liked the question because obviously it gets you mm -hmm. started thinking about passing away, but I instinctively said um, I, that he made a difference in the world. I just, yeah. It was just a feeling. That's what I wanted to be known for. Not that he was a great hockey player or that he was a great business guy, I, that he made a difference in the world. And uh, they always used to say to me, well, have you? And of course, me being me, he would say, of course I have. What are you talking about? I've been on boards of charities. I've given millions of dollars. I've done all this kind of stuff. But again, instinctively inside that little man would say, really? Is that it? Mm -hmm. That's it? That, that's all you can do? And so I knew I had more to give. And so, you know, six years ago when I decided it was like, okay, now, now is the time to go all in. Now is the time to really live your true purpose, which you've known, you know, your whole life. Um, and, but now you've got the opportunity, you've got the means, you've got the time, you've got everything to really live it. And, uh, and that started the journey. So would you say that we all have our purpose deep inside? It's just like we either don't know it, don't give it credit. Usually we don't listen to our inner voice or not as much as we should. Or is that something that, frankly, we already know, but that we don't know how to articulate until, you know, we reach a certain level of experience or maybe with math maturity or what, what, what do you think about it? Yeah, I think that, I think first of all, you know, it's, it's different for everybody. I don't think there's one particular thing. I think that some people, um, you know, uh, for example, is talking to a group of women and, and I could tell when uh, talking about their children and things like that, that that was their purpose. That, that they, they didn't, I mean, that's that they, they really felt strongly about that. And, that was, you know, seeing their kids, bringing up their kids, making sure they had everything they needed. And uh, that that was their purpose at that time. Now, I venture to say, you know, 10 years from now, when the kids are graduated from university or whatever, they might go on to a different purpose. They probably will, in fact. Um, but it really, and that's where I say that your purpose will change over time. Uh, people mm -hmm. think that this is my purpose and, you know, this is why I was put on this planet. But I think that if you look back, uh, as I have done, there, there was many different things in many different areas of my life or times of my life when my purpose was different. And, um, you know, so for now, it's a, it's a cumulative thing over the years that have led me to this particular time in life. And I honestly believe that this is, this is the one. Uh, this is the one that probably be, be my last chapter. Hopefully I'm doing it for another 30 years, but this is the one that is going to allow me to really live. Why I, why I believe that I was originally put on this earth was to make a positive impact in the world. And that would be, you know, the greatest thing for me personally to have had people say, if I remembered that, yeah, he made a positive impact in the world. And that's, that's what I want to do. And so before we talk about, we start talking about that one thing, uh, let's take at our friends here saying hi in the comments. So if you have any questions, you know, it's not easy to find your purpose. And um, like, if you have, if you haven't found it or that you are not sure about it, 
share your experience with us ask your questions the time the time is now really so we have our friend here michael who says good morning uh, Jennifer as well says, hey, good morning, everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. As uh, Letana here says, um, fantastic afternoon to all from Toronto, Canada. Excited to hear the story of social impact leader, Stephen. Yes. Farah Osi is in the place. Hello, Farah. Thank you for joining us today. And Jennifer says, um, love to learn my true purpose and that's a journey you know that's a journey mm -hmm. from the beginning to the end i guess yeah yeah i think it is and i think that as i say i think they they, they might change along the road but what you'll find i believe is that maybe maybe you've had three four purposes based on your age or or your circumstances but i think that what ends up happening which has certainly happened to me and i've talked to some other people the same thing is as you mature um you start to kind of it, almost like it's a funnel system and it starts and you end up with that one that really is just resonates with you i remember speaking recently well before covid and i was talking to them about about my the passion i have now for the for the purpose that i'm living and it's like nothing i've ever done before and a bunch of young uh canadian kids guys came up to me after i spoke and they said how could this be more purposeful than playing professional hockey and oh. i'm like well that's that's you're, you're saying that because of your age honestly because i felt the same way um because that was it right we were born we we, when we're born as young Canadian guys, we're, we kind of dream of playing professional hockey. And then, um, you know, most don't obviously get to get to do that. But so I think that it, it kind of you learn from all those different things until it ends ends up maybe at a later stage in life where you just find that this is what I'm doing. And uh, and that's why you, you see a lot of people and there's a lot of famous people that we know um that have done their things microsoft that built up you know all these different things and now they're living a different uh life that is all around what they really want to do is make a difference in the world yes and actually uh, farah says purpose brings direction and joy so sure tell does. us now a little bit more about the your new purpose you know the one that brings you joy yeah. and, and happiness every day uh yeah. Uh, yeah. of the year yeah so that so i came back in in six years ago and said and said i needed to make a positive impact in the world and so having spent 20 plus years in the advertising world and getting data and studying research and so we did a deep dive into the space and and i came to the conclusion that if i was going to do what i wanted to do and really make a, a major impact i was going to have to create a new model i was going to have to create a model that was built on full transparency, which everybody's demanding today, not yeah. just the young people. Mm -hmm. I was going to have to build it so that it was sustainable. So, and the only, the only way in my, in my entire career, the only way that I know to build a truly sustainable model is to make sure everybody wins more than they put in, because mm -hmm. then why are they going to stop? As young people said, when we explained our model to them, they're like, I said, so you're going to do it forever. They're like, why would we stop? So that's sustainability. And then I was going to add something new to the, to the whole giving space, which was collaboration. Because I believe, and I think every, probably all the listeners have heard this many, many times, that we're stronger together. Of course we're stronger together. I mean, it doesn't matter who you are, you're stronger together. 
And here's a space that for obvious reasons, I mean, they're we're going after the same grants and same donors and everything, but they do not work together. And I think if you do a deep study as I have done, got all the data, it's probably the single biggest reason why we're not solving the very serious challenges that we're facing in the world today is because we don't work together. And you know we never will unless we start to change that. So that's the model and the premise on which we built um, what we have today in our, we have seven different for-profit social enterprises. So tell us more about uh, what you're doing to feed kids in, in, in North America, because, you know, uh, from the outside, uh, we tend to believe that uh, we have it all in North America. But actually, you shared with us a couple of times quite uh, data that are quite shocking about kids uh, going to school on an empty stomach, hungry. Yeah. So, th th so what we decided to do, so just so people understand clearly that uh, your purpose is 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 something that now my purpose, for example, is to make a positive impact in the world. That's my purpose. Often, when we once we create once we find that and we feel really good about that, then we have to create missions in which to, to achieve that. So, in our mission, after getting all of these all the data and everything, and and knowing that we had to become a for profit, we needed as a for profit company, you either as a you have to sell either a product or service. So we elected based on all the data we got on how many people were going hungry in Canada, the United States, that let's make that our mission. So our mission is to end hunger in North America. Now, the beauty of our model, because I know some people said, well, you know, there's other there's other problems in other in other countries. And that's cool. But we can still do what we do by feeding them because, again, we have that collaboration model. So what we did, um, we developed a very healthy food, non-GM organic food. We became a for-profit social enterprise, and we just started building different companies in different ways in which we could sell the food. So in essence, strip everything away, we sell food. But when people buy food from us, we take that food in their name, we ship it to a participating charity. So we're, we partner with charities. The charity sends them a, a note that they received the food, thank you very much, and now they're going to put it in the hands of the children. The significance of that, Doreen, is, is that, first of all, the price point, which is under $40 to buy 30 meals, uh, is $1.33 a meal. So everybody that we put in our focus group basically said to us, we, we don't even know how you're making a profit on this. So we're certainly, we're certainly comfortable with that. And then secondly is they're getting that, that, that note, that email back, from the charity that they received it. So what are you giving the charity in our model? Well, you're giving them food. And what percentage of that's going back to the people who need it? Well, all of it, they're not eating it. So they were really, really happy with the whole uh, transparency. It was very, very uh, obvious where, where the money was going, like where every cent was going, and the fact that what they were giving us or buying from us was going directly in, into the hands of the people who needed it. So that was our, that was our first goal. Um, and then the second one, of course, was sustainability. So again, how does everybody win more than they put in? Well, in our model, everybody who's paying the 39.70 gets a discount mobile app with North American discount mobile app right now. It's going to be global. But right now we have 310,000 vendors on that app uh, from, from all different walks. I mean, restaurants, bars, hotels, travel, everything. And, and every one of our vendors will give you a minimum of 15% off every time you use it. 
So in our case studies that we did in our focus groups, no one was going to save less than three times what it was actually costing them to feed that person. So they were winning more than they put in. And as the young crowd, which we were really getting a lot of studies from, we said, are you going to do it forever? And they were like, why would we stop? So we had the sustainability. And that was those were the two important things for us going up front because we knew every company that we were going to build, like a purpose-driven travel, for example, purpose-driven artists, by tapping into existing communities, we could then create that collaboration where we could give back to other causes. And so that's how, that's how our model works. And that's, and that's a wonderful model because when it comes usually to charities and non-for-profit, uh, for those of you who may not know how the non-for-profit works, um, uh, word works, basically you uh, present an application every year or every five years uh, to get grants, right? And the thing is, once the grants are gone, you need to, 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 to continue to start the process again and again and again and again. And, and oftentimes, a lot of resources are used uh and are mobilized to gain more resources to find more resources right so this is not sustainable and this is very tiring for um <laughs> the non-for-profit sector yeah. so i know that that's something the sustainability aspect of it is something that you know triggered you and tell mm -hmm. us the story how one of your friends came to you and say hey you gotta find, you gotta build <laughs> yes. a, a sustainable model yeah. so we don't have to chase, yeah. uh, the, we no longer have to chase the money so we can continue to make an impact and yeah. empower our communities uh, without having to struggle looking for more and more money all the time. Yeah, that's one we're really proud of and it just recently launched because of that conversation. A friend of mine who knew that I was a creative business strategist and known me for years and also knew what we were doing now, um, she got into the into the nonprofit space and, and really wasn't overly familiar with it, but um, very smart. And she realized that she was she had a great model around domestic violence, actually, and she was uh, uh, she was raising money and she realized that she was going to take that money and put it into what she was doing and then the money was going to be gone and then what she had to just keep doing it so she reached out and said like is this is this the space and i'm like well yeah it's the space you're in i mean yeah. and she said well certainly you can come up with a with a solution for this and i said well you know i don't have one because our strategy was to build these separate companies purpose-driven travel purpose-driven artists you know but i said let me uh yeah let me, let me, let's come up with something i mean that's one of the great things about this model is we can and so what i and it was really it was really special for me because this is this simplifies the whole collaboration so um we were so i said to her well can you can you raise a hundred thousand uh, dollars she said yes i can but then i'm going to use it and it's going to be gone and everything i said well raise a hundred thousand dollars and give it to me and of course she's like um, what do you mean okay, okay. <laughs> Are you going on a holiday or something? What do you mean, <laughs> give it to you? I said, well, I'm going to take that. And I have a company called Purpose Driven Creators. And that's all these online influencers and everything. And I set that up because that's the marketing, in essence, the marketing company for all of our companies. Because they go out, what do, what do influencers do, social media influencers? Well, they go out and they sell products online, digitally. And they usually sell them to other millions of followers. So I did a deal with them and said, okay, what? If I, get, if I pay for you for the campaigns, what can you guarantee me? 
And we negotiated and we came up with a, what, what we call the 5%. So if I gave them $100,000, they can feed 5,000 kids a month for me. So now we're feeding 5,000. So I said to, to this lady, I said, so um, you're going to give me $100,000 and I'm going to be feeding 5,000 kids. She's like, wow, that's 5,000 kids. I said, yeah, it's 150,000 meals a month. Pretty cool, eh? And she's like, yeah, yeah, that's really cool. I said, so, okay, so we're going to do that? And she's looking at me. I said, go ahead, ask me the question. She's like, okay, uh, what's in this for me? I said, ah, that's the question. Yeah, because she gave you the <laughs> Exactly. Like, what's happening now? <laughs> exactly. So I said to her, well, here's the deal. We must take $2 from every from every, in this case, we're feeding children, we must take $2 and we must give that back to another cause for collaboration. So she's very smart. She was an accountant, actually. So she said to me, uh, okay, um, hang on a second. I'm like, what? She said, you're feeding 5,000 kids a month. I'm like, yeah. She said, and you're giving me back $2 from everyone? I said, yep. She said, that's 10,000 a month. I said, yeah. She said, that's 120,000 a year. I'm like, yeah, and because of the nature of our model and the sustainability, I'm going to do that for you for four years. And she's like, wait a minute, wait a second. You're taking $100,000, you're going to feed 5,000 kids, and now you're generating $120,000 a year for me uh, or for four years? I'm like, that's exactly what we can do. And so needless to say, we went through, we, we, we did all the spreadsheets, we came up with that model for her and did it all with it. With, now we have a whole uh, plan that shows exactly how it works. And she was obviously saying, okay, let's start this. And so that was the, the new sustainable funding program that we developed, which is now, we've talked to, I think about 20 different nonprofits and churches and that. And uh, every single one of them said, well, well we have to do this. Um, yeah. So it's going to be, it's actually blowing up right now and it's going to be huge, so much so that there's an organization in the United States, which which asked not to be named, financial organization. But once we have like 25 of these done and we have the data and everything like that, they're prepared to give us a fund, a multi-million dollar fund that we can actually draw from. Uh, and so that even now, you know, as of probably next year, uh, nonprofits that we work with won't even have to raise that money. We'll be able to get it from that particular fund. So okay. it's going to be better and better and better. So basically you are disturbing. So through your purpose and, you know, aligning your purpose, I think it's important because you mentioned, you know, once you have found your purpose, you need to find your mission. Yes. And once you find your mission, then you need to develop a strategy. Mm -hmm. You need time. to develop a strategy. If it, if it's just a mission, mm -hmm. Like what's the concrete impact that you're going to make? So you got to develop a strategy. So in Stephen's case, it's feeding children, you know, and uh, disrupting the non-for-profit world to build the best, more sustainable uh, financing uh, system. But on the other side, that could be anything for you. You know, that could be make an impact in the organization you're working for, uh, make an impact uh, with every teams that you will every team that you will be leading in your life following a specific pattern following a specific model what's the strategy that you have for you in your head mm -hmm. yeah to, i so i impact i always had so for with me as i was a as i was a strategist for we, me it was really important to always go back to where my purpose was so my purpose was to make a positive impact in the world as big as one as i could so this particular model 
was created, obviously, yes, we're feeding, but as I've been told by a couple of major CEOs from charities, um, your model is going to be so impactful because people will say, you know, 10 years or five years from now, look, they're feeding 25 million people a month. Isn't that impressive? But people who really know what you're doing will say, well, yes, that's impressive. But look at the next page with all the other, you know, nonprofits and charities and other good things that they're doing all over the world. Uh, that's pretty impressive, too. And so that goes back again to my purpose. The mission will be uh, hopefully will solve the mission. We'll be able to do that over the next five, seven years, but and then there'll be a new mission. But this is something uh, that my purpose will always be there. So that's one of the things that as a strategist, I kept going back to. It's the same way as every model I build, uh, or rebuild, uh, Doreen, is, is we make sure that, again, every touch point's got to win more than they put in. Uh, we know about transparency. We know how to get that. And so we won't develop any any companies or launch them or create them until all of those things have been satisfied. Yeah, and actually, we have a couple of comments here. Uh, Farah, who says, wow, thank you for what you do. And and uh, Jenny, Jenny, Jen, Jen, Jennifer, who says, what you do is so inspirational, Stephen. You're making an impact. And that's what purpose leadership is all about. It's about mm -hmm. making an impact, making the impact. And so, you know, once you are gone, what will people say about you? Yeah, yeah, hopefully they'll say he made a positive impact in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. So, Stephen, this is the end uh, already. Wow, I have learned so much. And I hope for those watching, for those of you watching the live and the replay, I really hope that you have enjoyed this conversation, that you are inspired to amplify your voice, to amplify, you know, your impact and you know do good around you because listen the the news are so bad every time we turn on tv or you know we look on social media that we need this kind of positive stories you need to surround yourself with positive people mm -hmm. and you know you need to surround yourself with people who really want to make a real impact in their lives so you know it's a win-win for everyone within the ecosystem so uh, Stephen, thank you. I see that Svetana uh, dropped the link. So if you want to learn more about what Stephen does and how, you know, if you have a non-for-profit, how we can help you no matter where you are in the world, click the link. It's in the comments. Okay. And educate yourself. Educate yourself. Every time on this podcast, I tell you to educate yourself. The leaders I interview share with you their stories their work, their impact, what they do, what they used to do, what they want to do. But it's all about you first and foremost to educate yourself on those topics so then you can make an impact. That's all for us today. Thank you again for your time. I wish you a wonderful day. You take care and I will see you next week, Wednesday, 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time for another live episode of Stand Out from the Crowd. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you. Thank you.